So the installation is made up of three independent films. One of those is an interactive audio reactive sculpture. What does that mean? So there's a bucket of soybeans. Uh-huh. Break it down. What's it called? It's called this bucket of soybeans. No, okay. what's the what's the piece, the entire piece? Soy soybean bucket. Soybean bucket. No waters. Oh, wa- okay. okay. Yeah, Arthur King changing landscapes. Waters Farm. So backstory: Waters Farm is uh, in my hometown, mm. Belle Plaine, Iowa. It's an actual farm. Yeah, it's a fa- the family's name is Waters, and so my family has a farm that sits directly next to their farm. And they actually farm our land. It's like a crop share deal. So I've known them like my whole life. So anyway, we went to this farm and there's a documentary. And in that documentary, David Rowlicky, the musician, is agitating this bucket of soybeans with a stick. And recording it. And recording it for uh, field recording. Is that the proper term, agitating? Yeah. No, I mean, like it's very evocative. Yeah, I think think so. Yeah, because he was, you know. He was essentially he was annoying the hell out of those soybeans. He was just like manipulating them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So when the the LA show came up, where we were asked if we wanted to do an installation at seventeen hundred odd, started brainstorming, and so that became a tangible thing. Like, okay, we could replicate what he was doing, and then we'll sort of put a twist on it because. The audio that he will generate will then also manipulate the video. And so Aaron Farley, who's also involved with Randy's piece, um, he cut this 20-minute or so video of water stuff. And so when you engage the bucket, manipulate, engage, <laughs> agitate. Um, All of the above. It, there's Inside the bucket, there's two contact mics. Then hmm. those run into a, uh, what do you call that thing? Oh, like an audio program with some effects and stuff. There's like some filters and delays and mm. echoes that are like based on some, there's some chance happening, you know, like there's some randomness happening with the with the filtering and the there's effects. chance happening. Yeah, random. Um, but fa- like found sound. Well, so the sound is generated from the bucket of beans and with this stick, you mm. know, working the beans and the microphones send that signal out into an audio program and then within that audio program we've created uh some effects and plugins and stuff that are changing they're just Mm. constantly changing so whenever you happen to engage with the Mm -hmm. the sculpture um you might have an echo you might have a reverb Mm. you might have a filter you know so it won't ever be the same twice well maybe it will but yeah yeah Yeah. but it's randomized yeah yeah so then simultaneously that that audio becomes a data source for the video software. So there's about three or four different layers of video. There's one main video that has um, effects on on an LFO sequencer mm. or a step sequencer and also LFOs and stuff like that. So it's going through this cycle of different effects. And then there's also a secondary layer that's has this... Uh, opacity on LFO so it's coming and going and then there's a whole set of other clips that are those are on the step sequencer so they're they're sort of uh, going through this cycle so at any given time there could be like three layers with different effects or it would just be the primary layer and so the idea is that uh, within that 20 minute time frame mm. you won't 
have the same experience twice, essentially. It's designed for a person to go in and to create that experience and have that experience. Yeah. Yeah. The idea is like, like how can we sort of represent what we do in the field? But then, you know, and part of our time in the field is collecting a sample, but then we also take that and turn it into something, you know, for me, it's a visual thing for Aaron and the other musicians. It's, you know, a sound. And so we tried to, yeah, recreate that experience. So the, this bucket of soybeans. I see. So they're they're, <laughs> they're 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 theoretically they're going in. They're having a similar soybean manipulating yeah experience. Yeah, I, I think in a way that it was like David Rauke almost invented like his own instrument, you know. And so that was kind of this idea is like, yeah, can we can we make something that's fun and interactive and also reminiscent of that whole process what is the nature of arthur king at this point you know what, like, what does it generally I- exist as basically a, a an art and music collective there's some filmmakers mm-hmm. that are part of our you know team musicians visual artists um, photographers. photographers so i think like you know that collection of people that uh everybody has their sort of role in that sense even though it's all mm-hmm. it comes together as one but in the series Changing Landscapes, there's a there's an audio recording, there's a record that comes out, um, there's a film that's associated with it, you know. Um, there's the actual experience, there's basically like the art that's created um, the evening of the performance, generally at night, you know, because mm. we need darkness to project. Um, so that happening, mm-hmm. basically, there's that component, the visual side of it. And then there's the, you know, documentation of like photography. And so all of those arms kind of come together and, um, and then we sort of like try to share these, these things with, with the world, you know, in, in whatever capacity. Um, it's not meant to say that every single changing landscapes has to have a gallery show or something like that, but this one, um, does. And so we're trying to involve as much of it as, as we can. I mean, the thing is, is like the, the actual doing the process, mm. that's like the juice. All of it, I think the real juice is getting in there and, 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 and doing the recording and the, and the, and then taking the samples and then editing them and then performing. But a lot of times, like in waters, uh, on the farm, we'll, we're, we'll do the performance, but there's nobody there. You know, but there's like projectors and there's projecting on this, on the side of this entire farm. So you're doing this, this whole multimedia thing just out in the world for nobody to observe? Yeah. Are, yeah. are, are you documenting it? Yeah. yeah. You so, docu- then, okay. so then there's a documentary film yeah. that kind of goes along with it, you yeah. know, and then, and then there's photography and there's, you know, we're working on a book of uh, photography that's coming. So yeah, so it's all, it's all documented in some form. And the gallery show is kind of like a little slice mm-hmm. of, Oh, this is kind of what it's like. What it's as close this is as what you we're can doing. get, yeah, and not actually have to fly a hundred people out to Iowa or wherever. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. don't have to live on a farm. Yeah, for ten days or whatever. It's, I mean, it's an interesting. It's an interesting question. You know, saying that um, that the, the doing is such an important aspect of it, but obviously, when a certain percentage of people that are involved in the collective are. Uh, documentarians in different ways right mm-hmm. i mean it's like you know th- there are the people who you know consider themselves creators and there are people who are there to like to capture to photograph mm-hmm. so 
it seems like creating that that object it is and transmitting that object is is as important to the mission of the collective as the actual capture of sound and creation of work for sure absolutely even the the documentation of something um let's say let's use photography for mm-hmm. example um that ends up getting manipulated yep. and 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 changed and 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 uh, it has like it's used in a generally like an artful sort of like mindfulness and that becomes its own piece of art you know in itself uh where aaron farley were will will manipulate his photos on site you know using different techniques that he uses um so it's kind of like it's just like art camp. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, not to be like too philosophical, but the, but just, just the act of photographing something, of like framing something, and of being an editor, and you know, deciding what you're actually going to show to people. That's an act of of manipulation. That's an act of creation sure, in and yeah. of itself, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Everything we do is improvisational. So mm. the, the 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 chance component, the randomness, it has to be there even in the gallery setting, which is like very. You know, we're we're hanging projectors and yeah. we know what the, 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 the footage looks like already and, and such. But to have some sort of randomness randomness um, is super important because that's the whole thing is basically random. It was really interesting, like, because you sort of build this th- this object, you know, sculptural mm-hmm. object. Because it, it looks, you know, I don't know if you've seen a picture of it, but it just looks like a bucket with a stick and these two wires. Yeah. And... <laughs> <laughs> A bucket, a stick, <laughs> yeah. and some wires. Sure. Like you have like a hit, like this. We have this friend. He's like this hippie, kind of hippie stoner type. Got into some beers, and you had to peel that guy off the thing, man. He was just like he was having he was having a blast. Yeah, and it was really cool. It was like as much you know. It was kind of an experiment for us to like build this thing with you know bits and pieces of what we have done, and then to sort of just put it out into the world and let people mess with it. It was, it was cool. Of all of the things in the world, how did you how did you focus on a bucket of soybeans? I mean, that's what David Rocky was doing. <laughs> you just got to do whatever he, yeah. he does. He's cool. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> there, I mean, there was something like particularly transcendent, though, about that object and about what he was doing. It with was it. so representative of just like the farm, just yeah. like a bucket of soybeans. Like, yeah. you know, you don't encounter that a whole you know, very often. And it was just so, just so innocent, you know, just so genuine. It's like, okay, that's really cool. I mean, you, you know, you mentioned your, your, your hippie friend, but that does seem to be kind of a through line here. There does seem to be something almost like new agey about the, the process of, um, not just working with sort of like nature and found sound, but uh, attempting to, to sort of create something based on the environment. I mean, when, when you go to, a farm for example and decide you're gonna you know spend 10 days there and create art like how how influenced are you by the setting and how how do you translate that into something like music uh i mean the whole the whole point is to be influenced by the setting you know i mean for i think that like the changing landscapes uh philosophy or concept um can it i think it, it it's maybe uh, different for each person mm-hmm. that's involved and even uh, the audience, uh, whoever's taking it in, whatever form they're, they're, they're taking it in as. But for me, it's, 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 uh, it's kind of going back. It makes me feel like I'm going back to, you know, it's kind of like, like dream work, mm. like child, 
child plays mm-hmm. like like where when I was a kid I've always been in love with and um and I'm an only child and and so there's a lot of time spent alone in like in my own imagination and just running a a twig down the sidewalk or whatever and making a sound or like and then like creating a rhythm out of that and like a, a pattern you know or seeing the car go by and hearing how you know that can be a rhythmic pattern or you know and then the birds that are around you so basically like all that stuff that's around you you know can be playful and fun and 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 musical and creative and and, and inspiring you know and a lot of times Perhaps it's around you all the time and you just don't notice it. So it's that kind of moment where you can stop and try to and try to really block everything out and kind of hone into it and know and notice that stuff. And and for me, like um, personally, the that's the sweet spot in life. You know, is that kind of like childlike innocence and just getting all the garbage out. You know, and I'm not worried about all the garbage that I've got going on in my brain right now. I'm just like going pure. You know, and that's what landscapes is for me, where we can just, you know, if I can make a sound off of a, you know, running my hands through the corn stalk or whatever, and I'm recording it, and then, and then I record it and I take it back to our, where we're, where we're living, you know, and I can get in the computer and manipulate it, and all of a sudden now I've made like a little pad or a keyboard, like a, a synthesizer out of this sound, you know, with, with modern techniques, um, and then, and then use all those elements and play with the guys and John live and not talk about it. And then no, nothing's like thought out. And we just use those elements right there in the moment. And like what comes, what happens, happens. And it's just like this like magic. Uh, I don't know. I just kind of went down a little <laughs> rabbit hole there, didn't I? But yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a couple of things that like scale is a huge element to. Mm. I think both the audio and the visual side, like the first project we ever did was in the desert in Utah. And so we were projecting on these huge rock faces. And, uh, at one point I had filmed this lizard just sitting on a tree, you know, like doing pushups or whatever. <laughs> and you take that from, you know, the small little handy cam yeah. zoomed in and then you put it onto this massive piece of structure. And it, it just, it's, it's a cool, it's a, really magical transformation and i think the audio the same way like there's a a part in the documentary where aaron's like squeezing this stalk of corn when you actually see the visual you know cue of what he's doing and you hear it through this like binaural mic it's so intense and cool it's like you've never heard that sound like that before Mm -hmm. and uh and like for me like finding these visual same thing. It's like patterns, rhythms. It's my stuff for me is as much about finding a rhythm as it is like something that looks cool. Cause it's this very fluid. It has to be this fluid thing, you know, that you can, um, cause we're trying to, you know, try to, trying to find this like shared experience together. And so it really, it's a, it's a great like frame of mind to go out into these environments with that sort of in mind, like, you know, finding stuff that's interesting that will look cool and that I can find some way to manipulate it or control it. Um, so I can, 
either lead or follow what these guys are doing. How much of it is trying to sort of like capture a moment or a place? Part of the idea is to to capture it and to be to attempt to be kind of true to it, but also, you know, you keep mentioning words like manipulate. You're remixing it or you're, or you're twisting around. How much of it is an attempt to sort of take that 10-day experience that you had and recreate it in a different place? I was talking to this friend, and we were, we were talking about this place, Haida Gwaii. It's an island in British Columbia, mm. Canada. And they're known for, there's great totem poles all mm. over. And so, like, one of the things that he mentioned was, like, the power of a totem it only exists where it's placed. If you move it, it loses its power. And so that really hit me because we had just done this project in a Chilean mine. That experience of, of being inside this mine, four of us, with two mind openings projected, you know, mapped, and we're all in hard hats and respirators, and it was intense. And that was, I was like, oh man, it's the same, it's the same thing. Like we'll never really be able to replicate that experience. Cause that was, that was the, the power of the totem pole in that moment. But you know, we can, we can take the stuff that we discovered in that week or whatever, and then, you know, put it back into the world in some version of it or something. Yeah. You get like second generation, third generation of some of this stuff. And like I said earlier, where, the, the best part is if you actually are doing it. That's like when mm. it's the best, like, you know, and that maybe that's a cool thing to try to put out there and, and, and people, uh, you know, try to, uh, uh, inspire people to do kind of that sort of, at least that mindset, you know, like walk their walk through their daily life and that sort of, you know, philosophy. That's good, you know. Like, let's contrast being on a soybean farm in Iowa to being at a Chilean mine with hard hats on. Like two mm-hmm. very different visceral experiences. Um, is coming away from either of those, you know, when when you're attempting to channel this either through like remix visuals or or music, are there individual feelings that you're attempting to kind of capture and translate? Yeah, you know, we, we've talked about this where, I mean, we've been, so we've, you know, been to Chile, we've been to Scotland, we've been on a sailboat, we've been to Utah, we've been to, we've been to a bunch of cool different places and we're going to keep going. Let me be honest, it sounds like an excuse to just go to fun places (laughs) if I'm being. For sure. That's (laughs) definitely part of it. Um, some people don't think going to Chilean mine is like, they're, 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 you know, we, we had said like, oh, we're going to Chile and everybody's like, that's, Wow, it's amazing! Like, no, 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 we're I'm, we're living in a hole in the earth. Was it because like of the, the the this the story about the trap miners? Did that influence that at all, or was that? I think part of it was like accessibility. Like we had a we had access to it mm-hmm. through connections or whatever. Yeah, I don't know how, but obviously that was like a big news story of all that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was like you know, be careful. That wasn't what led you to explore that place specifically. No, I, we just had, like John said, we had some access to mm-hmm. it. and, and I think at the time it was like, that sounds like a really cool thing to go check out. How does one get access to a, a Chilean <laughs> mine of all? Like, I, I get the soybean farm, you explain that, and the yeah. other things make sense, but how do you wind up similar, there? It was similar, like a uh, family friend. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think someone's family had basically owned the mine for like 100 years. But it was, yeah, there was only six people that worked there. It was like this small family mm-hmm. mine. When the initial idea to to do a collective 
came about, uh, how clear was it as far as, you know, what you were actually going to produce or, or whether you're going to produce something? Was the idea always to have all of these people, to have people from different disciplines, from different media come together and create a, a shared object? Was that, has that always been the goal? I, I think it was, it's just been really kind of a natural, like a happy accident, yeah. you know, where it kind of really started out as, uh, you know, a band and, and a group of musicians just playing out there music, you know, and then we added uh, a visual component to it being John, you know, and then, yeah, and then it just kind of went from there like, oh, not only is the sound cool, but it looks cool. And then, yeah. and then we started out and then we, we stumbled upon this idea of uh, using field recordings and using those as instruments, you know, and then, you know. So it started sort of as a, as a jam prior to that of just a bunch of people getting yeah, together and like improvising? Yeah, like to the studio and, yeah. and, and, and improvise. And then, uh, and then it was kind of like a studio project, you know, where I was doing a lot of the mixing and that kind of like back-end post-production stuff, editing and stuff. Um, and then it became, yeah, like I said, so like we brought in John and then we brought in somebody to start filming what we're actually doing. Mm. And then we brought in somebody to actually take photos of what we're at, you know, and then it just kind of kept going and going and going. And now I feel, it feels like we've, you know, we have a thing. I guess we've been searching for what our thing is. And our thing is certainly changing landscapes is like the top of the, the, yeah. the, the pile, the pyramid for us. And then there's all this other great stuff that goes along with it, you know, which is like Arthur King presents, which is the idea of, uh, us kind of creating a community with other people you don't necessarily need to be in the band with us i mean you can or you know but then so we can make we have these associations and friendships with other artists like jason lytle who's going to come in here you know and uh uh randy and randy randall and and they so they made these like experiment quote unquote experimental records mm -hmm. And they made some visual component that goes with those records, you know. And so it's just kind of like a like art fair, you know, like I said, like that. But um, I, it was all kind of natural. It wasn't like sit down in a boardroom and figure sure, out like sure. where we're going to Warhol factory this thing. Yeah, out. really, yeah. like uh, we had done a couple of projects, three maybe. And we had started to try to, you know, get involved in with some other aspects or try to, you know, we were trying to find some other opportunities. It's like, oh man, we, we need like a trove of photographs from these projects. Mm. We, we need to have a photographer. And so we had just been working with Aaron Farley and he's like one of the nicest people on the planet. He's super fun to hang out with. It's like, Hey, do you want to go to Chile <laughs> <laughs> and like just be un, unleashed and do whatever you want? And he, he was up for the, the challenge. I feel like hangout might be the operative word here. <laughs> you, you having been through the, the grind with, with your musical projects and everybody else having their bands, like especially over the past like 10 years or so, everybody being on the road and this, this kind of being an opportunity for everybody to come together and sort of like breathe a little bit, you know, everyone to just like to be able to create music, but to be able to, or, or video or, or art, but without those same sort of like commercial constraints. Yeah, you know, uh, I think like me, myself, speak, I can only speak for myself, but like coming from the sort of, I guess, indie rock world and songwrite, like songwriting kind of uh, background, that this form of, of, I guess, 
music and art that that we're making that I'm a part of it was like not my first go-to kind of thing so it's been a, a liberating different experience from everything that I had done you know prior to this but then I start to see all of the connections like oh you know oh yeah and all these early Mart records there's always like crickets and there's always mm. birds and there's like I've had some sort of thing with this field recording i've been duh i've been doing this for a while i just was in a different vehicle you know and i I guess maybe i had forgotten that or something and then to be have this opportunity to just be completely free which is kind of can be scary too to be honest i sometimes i'm like i caught myself going oh boy (laughs) what am i doing in here What, 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 what what am i gonna do right now yeah sometimes you know, in, 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 in music, especially in music, I think, but maybe it's just art in general. Sometimes not doing anything is like the thing to do right there. You make a move or you make a choice because you feel like you have to in that moment. And then when I listen back, if I'm editing the, the, the work, I'll think like, oh, dang, I should have not played right there. You know, it's okay to not, it's okay to just listen and, to, and just be and hear what you're going to do. And then have, I react to you i don't have to i don't have to drive all the time when you're at that point when you're when you're you know sitting down and you've you've collected all these recordings i mean obviously like again i i would assume if everybody's you know paying to take a trip to chile Mm -hmm. the hope is that there's going to be some sort of product at the end of the day right that there's like there's going to be something that's going to kind of come out of this like obviously like none of us are we're not Jeff Bezos, right? I mean, right. you know, can't like well, necessarily. I no. am. Okay. No, just you got kidding. that. That you got that indie rock money. <laughs> I got all that indie rock big, money. Big indie rock over here. <laughs> it, it's a bunch of friends hanging out. It's fun, but at the end of the day, you, you kind of need to come out with something, right? For sure. You need to create a, a product, and hopefully, again, not to get super crass and capitalistic about it, but yeah. you do actually need to have something that you can actually like offer to people. Absolutely. You know, and we, that comes up a lot. We're, we're talking about it as we speak, you know, but you know, there's a record label behind. So Danger Bird yeah. is, 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 you know, the, the supporter in that, in these ventures. And, um, that's wonderful. And we're super fortunate to, to have that. But then, you know, like I mentioned earlier, uh, we're, we're working on a, a book going through a publisher. And so, yeah, we're getting to that point of, we got to put some other things together. You know, there's a commerce side of it. You yeah. know, we don't want to, you can't just like lose money forever. You have a hand in the label, obviously, you know, D- does it go through sort of a similar, a similar process of, you know, you have to present this, this object, this, this album, this piece of art to somebody. Does anything, does it, I guess, does anything kind of at this point get rejected by the higher ups? We're the higher ups. Yeah. So like that. <laughs> do do a good job of being like gatekeepers and being being honest about something. I mean that's the other part of it too, right? Yeah. Is that you have to like be like, "Hey, I, this is maybe not that I think direction. Like, yeah, early on, I think we all established like, you know, this has to like be, you know, really cool. Like on a lot of different levels. Yeah. There, yeah. So the, the, you feel like there's like a, a standard. Oh yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. And everybody's, like, coming from, you know, we all have a ton of respect for one another. And, you know, we, we have different backgrounds, you know, like myself to Aaron and the other musicians. But 
aesthetically, like, you know, that was one of the things that we were really adamant about. Like, we wanted to push this towards, like, the fine art side mm. when possible because, you know, we wanted people to take it serious. That's tricky, though, right? Because uh, the, the reason why, obviously, most painters don't survive for a living doing their paintings and the, those do, like, it's hey because, <laughs> yeah, right? It's But, it's you know, they're, they're able to... The ones who are successful are able to sell like single objects, but this isn't that, right? This is this is still there's still that sort of like mass production element to it. Is there is there a gallery element in the, in the same way? I mean, you know, like a, again, sort of going somewhere and like having the school experience of interacting with a, a soybean bucket. Yeah, I just think like I think the forces behind the project all want to make sure that it's elevated as much as possible because. It's a slippery slope, you know. Mm-hmm. If you you tell somebody, oh, this is improvisational music, and you know it's got some wacky, silly picture on it, like they're not going to take it serious. But you know, you put a beautiful picture on it, and you know, aesthetically, it, it looks like a real thing, and you know, it, people take it more serious for the respective bands that everyone's in it's not from a listener perspective it's not a natural progression right it's not like it's not one of those if you're interested in earl of mart you might be also interested in this found sound record right i mean that's it could be it seems like it might be a bit of a, a tough sell with those existing audiences yeah you know i i i don't know i i guess i can't con- Holy control. Where have you noticed interest so far, and and who's who's really kind of taking to the projects? Uh, you know, uh, to be frank, we're we're young. I mean, we're not mm. we're not young. <laughs> the the we're collective actually, is young. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're just a bunch of old guys. But yeah, the collective is young, and um, and we're seeing we're we've been working on something. We've been in this like incubator in a way, yeah, for quite a while. Like we feel like we've been doing this forever, you know, already. But it's just starting to uh, see the light of day. A lot of the stuff, and, and, and like so, like someone like yourself, you know, hearing about it and, and wanting to to ask us questions about it, you know, like so. This is yeah, this is a success right here, you know. <laughs> the and, farm film like just got into a film festival, okay, yeah, and that's like the first that's the first time it'll be like viewed in the public, and it's in Brazil. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. if you're in Brazil, <laughs> yeah, check out Waters Farm. But that was like a year ago. <laughs> so you know, and then I like it's handy. Uh, it's it's by design, you know, to have this community because I've only ha- felt like I've had any success in music or art through community. Mm. Um, like I always, I always attribute uh, the bands and the and the friends that are in the town that I lived in. That would be a big reason why early mart had any success i think besides you know songs are songs but i think the community really elevated it we're doing that on purpose you know with jason lytle with randy randall and, and and there's more to come and not only they're they're helping it's all kind of like this family affair you know where they're helping um they're helping us we're helping them you know it's just i think that that is starting to connect some dots and i think that some of these artists that we're working with already have backgrounds and oh uh you know randy and jason by mm. the way have both you know done film scores and that kind of work so like it's not completely bananas left field you know it might not be uh you know there's not there's no singing on nylon and juno there's no jason lytle singing 
but it's super emotional and very compelling, I think, um, and a creative record out of two instruments. Anyway, but I think that the, those that existing fan base, I think, is coming along and helping. Um, might, in a bit, fuck, may not be for everybody. I mean, it sounds like the musical projects um, that they're kind of creating those the, the the music themselves on their own, and then bringing them to you, and then you guys are creating kind of a bigger spectacle out of it. Uh, we, it's kind of, it's really loose. Like it's a yeah. conversation about, hey, what do you think about doing something left? Real left field, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm into, you know, and it's kind of like Randy's seeing what we've done with other people and Jason, and, and then and then we just like to have some sort of visual component to it where we're not expecting, you can if you like, but we're not, we're not like going around putting Jason Lytle in a tour van and like having him take selfies of himself for two years straight supporting this record, you know, like that's just not realistic. But it can be important, and it can be it can yeah. feel substantial if we do something neat around it. And if if it has a short span lifespan, sometimes that's cool. Like someone's gonna look back and say, you know, I saw this this piece, I saw Nylon and Juno in this in this gallery in, in New York City, or I saw the film online, or I went to I saw it in, in, in L.A. Whatever, that can be special. That can be special for those people that like make it out to do that, you know. And and uh, there's something there. But he or or the musical projects, it's often case often cases it's somebody just producing the the project on their own, or does everything really have to be collaborative in order for it to be part of the collective? Uh, collaboration is great. It doesn't yeah. have to be. You know, I think with um, a lot of just conversations, really, just kind of inspirational, motivational phone calls hmm. and texts. You know. Like Jason is an old, old one of my oldest friends. I've known half my life. This guy, he's like family for me. So we're very close, and we can talk. And he's, you know, I remember at one point he was kind of, I'm not quite sure what to do. Like, how do I start this record? And we just had these conversations about mm, limitations, about setting parameters for yourself. Yeah. yeah, and then that hit him. That hit a chord with him, and he was like, Oh, you know, I had this idea long ago about just these two instruments and yeah. I'm like here we go and we're down this road and that that, that was as that was as collaborative of really as it was other than you know John makes the painting the the art the album art yeah there's and, a there's a good example too like so Randy and Aaron Farley Randy Randall Aaron Farley had shot this movie called Soundfield Volume 1 where they tracked the 10 freeway from the desert they went through four cycles and went the desert the suburbs, the city, the beach. It was a cool concept. And so they had shot this film and Randy obviously made the music for it. And then they, the opportunity came up for them to do a show at the the same space we did a show at in LA, 1700 Nod. At that point, you know, we had done some other stuff, multimedia related stuff with projections and cubes and, you know, crazy that was part of our knowledge base is how to, you know, cover a lot of surfaces with projections mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And so that presented a, a new opportunity for that whole movie really to take on this completely new identity where it had been a, you know, 1920 by 1080, you know, movie, but then we stretched it and turned it into this like 90 or 78, 60 by 1080 panoramic experience. And if you come to the show, 
here in New York, you'll see, I mean, that thing really became like, like this living, breathing, awesome monster of, of a film. Cause it's this, it's this like massive, you know, three screens next to each other, but like single, you know, a single image. Um, there's this great drone shot out, uh, this truck stop of there's a T-Rex hmm. sculpture. You've probably seen it like Pee-wee. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So this drone shot, like it's just incredible. And it's like, that was part of the collaborative process is like, once we all of us put our heads together, transform like what had started as a fairly straightforward film project into this like really cool thing. It's interesting. So it sounds like in a lot of cases, it's people creating something on their own and not necessarily feeling like they have a home for it or, or, or place to kind of put it out into the world. And it, it finds a home with you guys. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Again, like there's a lot to be said for, you know, making art for the sake of making art, the process mm-hmm. of doing it. Mm-hmm. But then you have this thing and it's just like, I have a bunch of shots and they're really cool shots, but like they can't necessarily exist on their own. Mm -hmm. You found a place for them. Yeah. Getting back to the idea of, of documenting, um, and, and, you know, keeping, having something for the long run. Do you think there's a power in creating something and knowing that it's only going to be exist or be up for a limited amount of time that it's only going to be open to, you know, a, finite number of people who can you know walk through those doors in a finite number of time hit a finite you know number of days i for me there is i think you know i guess until we get the opportunity to have something that's a permanent permanent <laughs> sure. collection you know but whitney um, if you're listening yeah <laughs> we're we're ready yeah um yeah i i because we you know we're building all this stuff yeah. ourselves too we're like you know we're in there we're we're, we're making this stuff and uh it does it does feel cool to know that this is just a this is a week you know and then it's gone yeah we and we've done things that have even shorter runs so <laughs> <laughs> we built this massive 30 by 30 by 30 cube with steel truss and wall you know basically a cube of projections and i think it was up for like 3 days and we like about killed ourselves for a week straight, like living in this uh, film studio that we had rented. And just, you know. You did it knowing that it was only going to be three days? Yeah. Yeah. We went balls there's, out. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, there's budgets. You yeah. can't, you yeah. know, we were renting this spot, so. But, you know, again, just knowing that like only a certain amount of people are going to see it in a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. um, that's got to be tough right it's got to be tough to like to put that much effort into something i think like one of the things that was always kind of sitting in the back of my mind is like if we do enough of this stuff and like you know when we we have played shows in la not very often but we'll play a show and like we'll use like a scrim in front of this stage you Mm -hmm. know just like some element that kind of pushes things over the top and i think i was always kind of thinking like you know if we do enough of this stuff like People will catch on and realize, like, if we're doing something, it's probably going to be interesting, and they'll turn up. And yeah, you know, because there's so much stuff you can't control. Kind of going back to like Aaron talking about being free as an artist, you know, like this type of work. Same thing for me. Like, I was a painter, and uh, you are a painter. I'm still a painter, <laughs> but 
You know, I really pursued that like super hard and there's just so much stuff you can't control and it can be really debilitating at times. And so it's really nice to, I don't know, just take your opportunities when they present themselves and whatever happens, happens. I mean, you used the word mindfulness before and, you know, you use that in relation to the conversation of like, just like sort of like being in the moment and, you know, maybe there is some power in knowing that this is just something that can only exist in in that certain time. Yeah, like like being on the farm, we're only there for a week, you know, and so you better start paying attention. There you go. That was Aaron Espinoza and John Schlue of the Arthur King Project. That was the first of a three-part interview series. Also have interviews with Jason Lytle and Randy Randall coming up in the near future. Thanks to them. You can check out their stuff over at whoisarthurking.com. Thanks to Samantha for helping to set up that conversation. Thanks to you guys, as always, for listening to the program. If you like the show, there are a number of ways to support us. You can rate and review us on iTunes or Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify and YouTube now. Like us on Facebook. If you have any feedback, it's rwellcast at gmail.com. Follow us Tumblr, that's rylcast.tumblr.com. It is still the first and best place to get all of your RIYL related information. And that's about all we got for this week. So stick around because we're going to be back just about this time next week with another episode of RIYL.